Hello and welcome back to IT Varsity Tech Watch. I'm your host Bilal Katrada and I'm your co-host Masihullah Katrada. Now there's one topic that always seems to come up whenever some new technology comes into being. It's a depressing topic and that is the topic around people losing their jobs to technology. And never before has there been a time like today when technology is moving so fast, when artificial intelligence is growing in leaps and bounds and the fear among people, and I'm not just talking about lay people, I'm talking about even professionals, experts in the field, media experts, journalists, all raise the same concern. Will technology replace jobs? Will artificial intelligence replace human beings in their jobs? Now, this is a very valid question. It's a very important question. All through history, we find that whenever new technology came into being, people did, in fact, lose their jobs. Technology came in, replaced people, and people had to move on to other things. Taking, for example, in the oldest days when people used to physically work in the fields, they used to plow the fields, they used to plant the seeds, they used to harvest the crops, water the crops, you name it. Every single aspect of managing a farm in the old days used to be a manual process. Today, you've got machines doing all that. This is because around about towards the end of the 19th century, you got the Industrial Revolution that kicked in and lots and lots of new different types of machines actually came into existence and those machines replaced people. But the question remains that will there come a time when there'll be no jobs left? And this is what people generally tend to fear and uh, lots, of, lots of journalists, lots of media actually add fuel to the fire about this topic by making people more afraid, by predicting a time when robots and computers will take over all jobs and there'll be nothing left for humans to do. Now, this is what we're going to discuss today. We're going to discuss this viewpoint and we're going to see if there's any validity in this viewpoint that there'll be a time when humans will absolutely have no jobs left to do. But before we go there, we're going to look at a couple of technologies that have made people obsolete in the not-so-distant past. The one example, and this is one of the truly, uh, truly remarkable examples. Yes, there is the downside that people have lost their jobs, but when you look at this technology, you will have no option but to be totally, totally amazed by what is going on. And the technology I'm talking about is the Amazon Go concept stores. Now, here's a picture for you. Imagine a shop that doesn't have a single employee and doesn't even have cashiers. And this is what Masula is going to tell us about today. These Amazon stores, Masula, tell us about them. What goes on? How does a store operate without cashiers? Won't there be large-scale stealing taking place? So the Amazon Go concept store is the first of its kind in the world. And the first one was opened in Seattle in America. Now, like you said, this store has no cashiers 
at all and and they have very limited staff so imagine this you download an app on your phone as soon as you enter the shop you scan your your app or barcode on your app and immediately the store starts to track you so the app is tracking all of your movements there are cameras on the ceiling that track where you are going and which uh, aisles you are visiting whenever you pick up something from a shelf there's small um, scales that will detect any movement and as soon as you pick something up it's added to your virtual cart so basically let's 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 uh, take it from the top you 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 enter the store and you got a unique barcode so the store becomes aware that you've entered amazing so it recognizes you that's correct and it also well through the app will recognize your family members as well through the amazon app wow and uh, when you when you remove something from the from the shelf how does the store know that you've taken something off the shelf cool so there is a, a scale on every underneath every item in the shelf and as soon as you take it out it's immediately added to your virtual cart in the amazon app and once you put it back it detects that you've put it back and it removes it from the cart sweet so that that uh, app basically is keeping track of your movements around the store and also your your purchases correct and there is also some deep learning and ai now we've seen amazon uh, experiment with ai with its alexa and what this will do is as things uh, while while your home is connected to a smart hub as things get finished in your home a- amazon app the amazon app or alexa will remind you to buy things and the next time you are in the shop it will recommend these things to you wow so ai stands for what uh, artificial intelligence so artificial intelligence i think we need to do a an episode on artificial intelligence because a lot of people don't actually know what artificial intelligence is it's actually machines that are able to think and make decisions for us right correct okay now tell us about payment how does one pay when there's no cashiers in the in the store simple you just pick your items and you walk out of the store and the app that was keeping track of all of your items will charge it automatically to your credit card wow so it detects that you've left the store correct and then it simply does a total and it sends the the bill to your credit card and then you get a notification that uh your payment has gone through is that how it works exactly it's like shopping online it, it works in the exact same way you know the whole concept is is a bit disconcerting i mean walking into a store where there's no one where there's no cashiers you know i'd i'd love it because for me going into a supermarket and buying something is irritating for one reason only and that is standing in queues at the cashiers uh you know not having those cashiers will be really cool but you know it takes i guess it takes a bit of getting used to i mean you just walk into a store scan your phone pick up stuff and walk out it's not something that that we used to but i guess it's something that we're going to get used to because it's become a reality in the united states and uh, i believe that there's there's uh, similar stores opening up uh, elsewhere in the united states there's other countries i think well there's other companies rather i think uh, walgreens is also launching uh, a similar cashierless store and i also believe there's a couple of uh, cashierless stores opening up in the uk and in other cities in other countries in uh, in europe so it's just a matter of time before we get that here in south africa but i don't know with our 
petty crime rates, whether it's going to become practical or not. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it'll work, but there'll be a higher level of security uh, applied in, uh, in, in those kinds of uh, stores. But whichever way you look at it, I mean, truly, truly remarkable. I mean, you've got tracking technology, you've got artificial intelligence. And my favorite is the part where the app actually recommends to you what you need to buy. But how does it know that? How does it know that you've run out of cheese, for example? Well, there's two ways. One is it because of the artificial intelligence and machine learning, it knows when you how frequently you buy milk or how frequently you buy cheese. And it's going to recommend based on that. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. And there's also like Samsung smart fridges, which keep track of, of what's in your fridge. And that's another way that it, it, it'll track what you need. Okay. So smart fridge talks to smartphone, talks to app, talks to smart store. And in that way, your whole life is tracked. That's, a, that's interesting. It might seem creepy to some people. For me, I see convenience right there because... I forget stuff. I'll go into a store to buy 12 things that my wife gives me, uh, you know, a list of. And I'll probably, if I'm lucky, I'll come away with seven or eight of those items. And as far as the, the, the rest of them, well, I'll just have to get a shouting for that. Okay, so as great as the Amazon stores are, they did cause some protests. And there were people protesting around cashier jobs. And this is a relevant protest because there's no cashiers in the store. So there'll be no people, no jobs for people who are skilled cashiers. And think about a scenario where every supermarket in the world changes to this. What will happen? Cashiers will ex will become extinct. There'll be no jobs left for them. And then we're going to get hundreds, if not thousands of people without jobs. Now, what do we do about this scenario? Is this a relevant Protest is this something that people should be actually protesting about. Now, here's a thought. Around about the, the late 19th century, there was this Frenchman by the name of Jacquard who invented a loom. Now, the loom is actually a machine that takes the, the cotton buds that they pull out of the, the, the plant and, and converts it into the cotton that we are used to seeing, that we buy from, from a store. So previously, this was an extremely manual process. You used to have these people sitting around and uh, twisting that cotton between their forefinger and their thumb and twining them together. And it used to take hours, if not days and days and days to get a single uh, reel of cotton. But along comes this guy and invents this this loom machine that that uh, does, does all of this automatically and also uh, weaves the fabric together uh, into cloth. Now, what happened there was that these people started to protest. In fact, some of them uh, became a bit violent. They started going to factories that had looms and uh, they started destroying these these looms. And the protest was about job losses. They felt that all the loom workers in the country were going to lose their jobs. So hence these machines were bad, they were evil, and they were going to cause misery to lots of people. And that was true in a way. The, 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 this machine would do the job of a number of people and in much quicker time than uh, than a human uh, human being would do and not only that but a better quality 
uh, of work would be produced by these looms. So the question arose, it was a moral dilemma. Do we step into the world of technological advancements? Do we give that preference or do we give preference to people who may lose their jobs? Naturally, it wasn't the factory workers or the factory owners that made the decision ultimately. You know who it was? It was the consumer. The consumer is the one that made the decision. And the decision, as we know, looking back in history, was that the loom workers went extinct. And the loom continued and the loom thrived until today. Now, why did the consumers make such a decision? Simple. It all has to do with convenience and economics. Let me explain. When the loom came into existence, people started to get cheaper clothing at, well, they started to get better quality clothing much cheaper. So the poor and the common folk could now start to dress like the rich people. So the poor man was dressing in quality of clothing that the king would normally be accustomed to. Now, who wouldn't opt for this? You're getting clothing that's much better, much better quality, much more comfortable to wear, but at a fraction of the price. Now you didn't have excessive manual labor in, uh, involved in every step of the process, plucking the cotton buds, converting that into strands, uh, weaving the cloth out of that, and so forth and so on. So now... We had a trade-off here. The trade-off was, should the general public be concerned about the handful of loom workers or should they look to the future where people would be able to buy cheaper clothes or better quality clothes at a cheaper price? And obviously, if you and I are in the exact same scenario, what are we going to opt for? We're going to opt for cost efficiency. We're going to opt for convenience. We're going to opt for price over anything else. Let me give you another example. The other example is internet banking. Now, internet banking has transformed our lives. It has transformed our businesses in ways that we cannot ever imagine a life without it. I mean, you can sit anywhere. You can be in a car, you can be in a train, in a bus, in a plane. You can be in another country and you can do all of your banking. You can transfer funds, you can pay people, you can uh, start or you can open up an account also all using your computer, your tablet, PC or your cell phone. This is amazing convenience for us. Now, the question is, did we not realize that when internet banking came into existence, so many tellers would have lost their jobs. And they did. Lots and lots of banks didn't need as many branches anymore, so they downsized. By downsizing, what did they do? They closed down branches or they took bigger, large branches and they downsized them into smaller branches and they laid off dozens and dozens of tellers because there was just no more need for tellers anymore. Now, that's a moral dilemma for us. The question ar arises that who do we give preference to? Do we give preference to ourselves? Do we prefer the convenience, the security, the safety of doing internet banking in our own homes, in our own businesses, in our own offices and institutes? Or do we give preference 
to the bank tellers, the poor bank tellers that are going to lose their jobs. Now, obviously, and again, history bears testimony to this, that we didn't give a second thought to the bank tellers because we all dived into internet banking. We all jumped into it. We all enjoyed. We all uh, take extreme uh, uh, pleasure in, in doing our banking uh, on our cell phones rather than having to step out of our homes and offices and going to a bank, standing in a queue, uh, facing whatever security issues there may be and doing our banking at a teller. No one, given the opportunity, would opt for going to a bank and doing the banking at a teller. Unless, of course, you have physical money that you need to deposit. That's a different thing altogether. But where you're doing general transfer of funds and your general banking, then obviously all of us are going to opt for doing our banking in the way that's most convenient to us. So that's what happened in the days of the Jacquard loom. The public, the general consumer, found cost effectiveness, they found quality, and they opted for that. So it wasn't the technology, it wasn't the looms that put the loom workers out of, uh, the, 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 the fabric weavers out of jobs. It wasn't that. It was economics. It was the fact that people could get cheaper, better quality clothes for cheaper. And in the same way, around the, the late 20th century, it wasn't internet banking that put people out of business. It wasn't internet banking that made tellers lose their jobs. It was us. It was us, the general average consumer. We found convenience. We found safety. We found cost effectiveness. And we went for that. And that is what put these people out of a job. It wasn't anything else. In the same way, there's so many different industries that are being radically transformed. I mean, today, retail has moved onto the internet. It's not so prevalent in South Africa, but in other countries, it's a big thing. Amazon came from nowhere and is now one of the biggest retail uh, companies in the world. Why? Because people are better off doing their shopping from their own desks. You can do your shopping from your, your office desk. You can do it from your shop, from your home, from your, from your institute, wherever you are. You can do it on the move. As long as you've got an internet connection, you can buy stuff and it will be shipped to you. Fantastic, super convenient. And because Amazon cut out the middlemen, prices are even more realistic. Amazon sources out these items right at the very source in the factories. Now, you can't beat convenience and pricing like this. So it's this concept of the online store that's replacing the physical brick and mortar stores. So the, the, the ultimate conclusion is that it's not technology that replaces these people or takes away jobs. It is the convenience, it's economics, it's the general consumer. It's what they opt for. Now, as far as people losing their jobs, what happened to the loom workers? If you go back to the late 19th century, what do we see? We see that there is a system at play. These people went into other professions and they survived. And not only did they survive, but with industrialization, not just in the fabric industry, in pretty much every industry, including, uh, including agriculture, technology replaced people, but people moved on to other things. So the population of the planet between the, the late 19th century and today doubled and tripled and quadrupled. Now there's a lot more people on the planet than there ever was.
but everybody is finding something to do. There is, except with a handful of a percent of the population that's unemployed, generally we find that even though the population is growing, there's always something for everybody to do. There's always professions that are coming up that people are getting into. So this brings us back to the spiritual aspect of jobs, work, business, professions. It's simple. That every person is born with their own risk. Every person is born and Allah Ta'ala looks after people. He's creating people, he's putting them into the world and he will always look after. So what we're going to do is, we've run out of time actually. What I'd like to do is to talk about careers of the future. What careers people should actually be getting into. Let's pick that up in, a, in another uh, episode, Masila. Perfect. I think that's, that's a lovely topic. Fantastic. So for today, it's a wrap. This is Technology Watch. I'm Bilal Katrada. And I'm Masihullah Katrada. And we hope to catch our users next time.